0: of Run Podcast. What do
1: you days? Mostly running now. Running. Yeah. Flick at the coming off. So the coming
0: on I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run Podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin Talley, joined by Jason Halpin. It's been a while, Jason, at least in terms of the track world. We have so many results to get through. It was a week ago that Michael Norman ran 986, but I don't even know, is that the most noteworthy hundred now that we're finally getting around to recording? I
1: think it, uh, it's it's like 1A and 1B, probably, but like, yeah, a 400 guy running 986. Is uh is still pretty crazy, I even agree. if it was the weirdest like video and like <laughs> I was just like I you could tell me this was hand timed you could tell so, tell me someone was just going like one one thousand two one thousand three <laughs> one, like and I would be like all right yeah, yeah. um 1000 yeah you get to one one thousand and then that's point eight six um either way pretty pretty cool I mean that's uh you know he's not gonna run the hundred that'd be weird but like bodes yeah. well for the for the 200
0: we got some easy triple comments for sure yes at the very least it will convince him to to go for the the, the two and the four i don't know i don't know the two and the four schedule in front of me right now for the olympics but he is the second person to ever go sub 10 sub 20 sub 44 it's just him and Whew. him and old mr van Niekirk.
1: Jeez, it's a pretty good pretty good list um, yeah, and he goes, you know, sub 9 9, which is even, mm-hmm. even crazier, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, Norman, he's, we know how talented he is. You know, he started off last year like running, you know, 43 4 or whatever, and a lot of world record talk and all that. And then talent wise, he's, he's going to be up there and he might be a, a, one of the guys who could at least make a run at Noah Lyles in the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the talent's obviously there, just has to, I mean, this season, obviously no championship, no anything like that, but if he can just, like, follow through on the season, and I think it's definitely, it would be unfair to say, like, oh, he can't do that, it was just, like, a weird freak thing that happened last year, um, and then he'll be, you know, immediately one of the biggest, like, uh, star storylines that there will mm-hmm. be next year, next year.
0: I was gonna ask you, but I'm sure you know, but for dramatic effect I'll ask you, do you know the last time Michael Norman ran a hundred, Jason, before this?
1: I don't know if I do know.
0: High school. Oh,
1: okay. Well that makes sense. I was thinking like there was some like event that like I forgot about that was like a big deal. Um No, okay, yeah, high school, that makes sense.
0: The Continental Cup. How could you ever forget <laughs> that? Do you want me to run through the schedule just to see if the four two doubles is, is possible, and I, I know.
1: swear if the mixed gender relay ruins this,
0: <laughs> when the mixed gender relay ruins us. so assuming he qualifies in both, which yeah. is a, assuming he chooses to run both, Mister Norman's Olympics would begin on August first, men's four hundred round one. Okay. Then on August second, he would have the men's four hundred semifinals. Okay. Then on August, gosh darn it, August third, two hundred round one in the morning. Okay. Okay, and nothing in the evening. And then August fourth, he would have the. Wait a minute. Hold on, I missed something. Up. Why would he have the two hundred final already if he hasn't even had the four hundred final? That's really weird. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Let's go back. Let's go back. August 3rd, he has the 200 round one in the morning. And then that night, he has the 200 semifinals. Oh, okay. Then on August 4th, he has the 200-meter final. How did I miss the 400? Okay, I screwed this up. Oh, wow. Wow. There is. Oh, my gosh. August 5th. So he would have... Oh, So he runs two
1: rounds of the 400, then all three
0: rounds of the 200. Correct. And then the third round of the 400? That is that is a succinct way to put up, to put what I just figured out right now in real time. That is weird. Unless I'm looking at a very old schedule, uh, old an olden schedule where the rounds didn't match up, Jason. Yeah, that is that is not likely now that I look at it, and that is really stupid. That's
1: weird. That's just very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. Here's how Jason's made up <laughs> schedule turned out. Day one. <laughs> Heats of the 400, day two, semifinal of the 400, day four, final of the 400.
0: Do you know what? Here's what I'm thinking. Why do we need to take it? with a lot of the events, they take that day off.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Maybe when I created eight- this fake schedule, I followed their same breaks between days. Wait, like
0: are, you, are you actually reading your fake schedule right now?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Sorry. Keep going. I thought you were just no, making yeah. up a fake. Nope. Sk- fake, I, I, it's saved fake on my fake desktop. Schedule. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so days one, two, four, final of the four on day four. Day five, two hundred heat, mm-hmm. uh day six, two hundred semis, day seven, two hundred final. Hey, that works. hmm Is
0: there that really a downside to that? That was pretty easy the way you said does it. Does that seem does that seem bad? Okay, so in this in this version, right? In the actual version, so you have him starting four hundred first round on day 1 of competition, is that right?
1: Yes, that is okay. correct.
0: This one doesn't have the 400 starting until the third day. And I think the reason why, now don't throw your microphone at your <laughs> computer, but on day 2 is the mixed 4x4 relay. That's the only reason. Oh, see,
1: so so I had you know d- that days in the one trash can days 1 through 10 here. Um and let's say it starts on, what do you say, August 4th? His Which which race? I don't know. You, you, like the begin, like the beginning of the meet. What's day one? Day one is July 30th. Okay, July 30th. Um, So I had the mixed gender relay on June 15th.
0: <laughs> okay, I see where it are Was, Was that wrong?
1: Was that... What about September? Can we do September?
0: Sorry, I really ruined the setup of that joke. I, no, I have to you're good. tell the listeners at home right now. I'm in the process of moving, so I'm not in my normal recording location because it would have been very echoey because there's nothing else in there, furniture-wise, and that absorbs a lot of the sound. So I'm actually sitting on a blow-up air mattress with a microphone on my lap and cords everywhere. So I would have been a it. much better alley partner for you normally, Jason. I apologize. There. No, I mean, no, sense you're good. That coming. Anyway, it's going to be hard, but let's get to let's get to the other notable hundred of the weekend, please, we? or the week because this happened several days apart but Trayvon Bromell, a couple weeks after running 10 low and getting our attention it was a big run, deal
1: 10 low was was huge
0: yeah it goes win legal 990 prompting Whew. prompting my my colleagues Gordon and Lincoln they recorded a podcast this morning I was not on it but the title of said podcast is is Bromel and how the 100 meter Olympic favorite <laughs> that's bold um let me read the subhead Okay, okay. Well, I can't see it now. Again, not at my best. But basically, saying, "Hey, if Coleman's out, yeah, is this the guy?" Which is crazy, Col- based on where we were two months ago. It's I insane. mean, it's
1: absurd. Yeah, if, but if Coleman's out, you know, I still, I still might ride with a Noah Lyles double. But Bramell, obviously, like, I mean, he's part of the conversation now because once yeah. you get past Coleman you could go okay gatlin's you know got the the history but the dude's 100 years old and eventually he's going to slow down presumably mm-hmm. um but he you know keeps cranking out 990s 990s so you have him and seven other guys yeah. who you know you you could sign up on any given day and Brummel, 990 plus what 0.1.4, i mean you know his health has to stay here and if he can you know he's still got a full season yeah. Presumably, you know, to, to do it like it's right. it's not completely insane that like, yeah, I mean, it's if you would, it would have been insane to say he would make a team a, a month ago. But this is this is crazy. I, I yeah. I mean, obviously, Coleman's the big the big if. But after that, yeah, there is no guaranteed medal positions. I mean, DeGrasse is probably going to win the bronze because
0: I don't know. It just seems yeah. to work that way. Yeah. I'm trying to think of somebody who improved their metal odds in as short period of time as Trayvon Rommel. I mean, that was, <sighs> that was, that was nuts. I mean, Taylor Swift stock went up a lot in the last mm. couple days with this new album, especially True. In, in my eyes. And I used to not be a big fan. And
1: I, I haven't I, listened yet. Is It's worth diving into.
0: Oh yeah. Are you a fan or no?
1: I, I mean like the, she's got some uh, catchy, catchy singles. I, I can't say I've ever like listened to like a Taylor Swift album, mm-hmm. you know, like, but, uh, yeah. you know every once in a while i'm like hey this is pretty good who's this oh it's this taylor swift okay i get it i think you but might like
0: i might i think you might like this as like an actual album album i think you oh, might wow. okay. like enjoy listening to it um now normally you start with vampire weekend in your car so this is a little different with <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true
1: <laughs> anyway point B. Being- a punk you know it's, it's alphabetical you plug in the phone and it automatically goes to the first song on your list
0: May- that was smart marketing by then um Point being, Bromel has had a trailer swift like rise, um, in, in my in my eyes. And I'm sure in everybody else's too, because we started the year thinking Trayvon Bromel is on the outside looking in. He ran the 10. No, we didn't
1: we started the year just not thinking of Trayvon Bromel, and that's I'm sorry. fair Trayvon. Fair. But like you literally were not part of the conversation.
0: Yeah. At all. Because for good for good reason. He was running 10- Yeah. 10-2s 10, 10 and 10 It was just or, like, if you
1: were gone trail on Trayvon Bell, I'm like, oh, throwback, cool. Um, What does
0: that have to do with 2020? Right. Okay, so he went from not in the conversation, is that fair to say? Yeah. To he runs a 10-0, maybe the guy can make the team, to maybe he's the best in the United States in 2020. <laughs> I mean, you're right, though, when you were breaking it down, if you just if you remove Coleman from the picture, which there's a at least a fifty fifty chance he's gonna be removed from the picture. I think we need to yeah. put that in our minds right now. The only one with better upside is Lyles. Yeah. Everybody everybody else is a known quantity at this point. And I don't think anybody else has the potential and the pedigree to go nine eight low, and Brummel's already gone nine eighty four before in his first go round in the, in the first iteration of his career, right? So we yeah. know he and he just ran nine ninety in a mid season meet, not in a diamond league,
1: and um, against like DeGrasse and Lyles. And I know his was in a semifinal, but like real runners were in this race too.
0: Yes, yes. I think he's – if you're making a list of people who could win gold right now, mm-hmm. I think that's why it's not that ridiculous for my colleagues to label it because I think he, you would put him on – like, you wouldn't say, hey – like, Jimmy Vico is probably – it might be a safer bet to make a final next year because that's what he yeah. does. Yeah, but, but you're talking about actual people who can win a gold medal. I think he now has to be on the list because of what he's done before and because of – now who he's beating and running with, right? He's training with the grass now. Um, he's in a he's in a full fledged pro training group, and he's most importantly, he's healthy. Which now he's he's proven. Now he has to keep it up. He's got to yeah. keep it up. Um, yeah, that's
1: the biggest question for sure. Just because obviously we've known what happened in the last few years, and at least part of it, most of it, was due to injury. Um, yeah, he's certainly gone from a field wager like the field to an act his yeah. name actually listed in odds next to his name which is uh really crazy um i'm just yeah it's 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 awesome it's exciting you know it's like great for him too because it just doesn't happen too often where someone was very good they fall off the map and then they actually come back like yeah. that just doesn't happen very well, often
0: and come back in the speed of light right so yeah do you remember this is a completely different scenario again so don't email me no you can email me but um
1: it's literally part of the big part of this podcast please yeah, email yeah. yeah i don't
0: know why i, said, I was trying to be like uh like sports radio host no, i don't want to get all the calls no <laughs> email me i don't know what i was thinking but anyway know that i understand the difference before i make this comparison all right taylor swift no just kidding uh gatlin remember when gatlin came yeah. back in 2010 and he was running meets in Estonia and Finland and wherever, and there was a lot of 10-1s in there, and yeah. there were some glimpses, and it was, eh, maybe he'll work his way back into form. But it was, and it, again, totally different scenario, totally different stage of career for totally different reasons, but it was a kind of a slow build into, oh, okay, well, now he's finally back to where he is competing for teams again, right? This is like in two races. Oh, 99 nine guy. Okay, great. It's just it's insane. It's just the the speed with which he he put this all together. And this year in general, Jason is really wild because there's no championship. So there's that weird component to it, but everybody prepared as if there was going to be a championship. So it's got this weird kind of mix. That's why you know you're seeing Norman run a hundred, right? You're seeing Shawnee Miller Weibo run hundred. You're seeing all these fast, you know, distance performances. I mean, they all they got all they got all dressed up to go out, and prom got canceled. So now they're sitting in a Del Taco in their tuxedo, right? And it's just it's it. We've never been in this situation before. Um. But it is; it's yielding all these like kind of unpredictable, crazy, wild results. I think. I mean, these are faster times than I thought from Bromel, obviously, and from other uh, other people that on down the line too.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're still we're kind of early season as far as what are everybody's we? been. Well, as far as what everyone's been racing, like people have, most people have gotcha. only raced yeah, yeah, yeah. two or three times, right? So we're we're like, I don't know, early May. Like, in that aspect. Yeah. But, like you said, people were planning on this being Olympic year. So, it is end of July. It's the Olympics. So, this is is the full, yeah, this is the full (laughs) ramp up. This is, like, this is, you know, when people need to be peaking. So, I I mean, if this, if these meets keep happening, fingers crossed, um, I mean, we could be seeing even, you know, more interesting. We could get a really cool Lyles 200 um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in in the next you know in the next three four weeks like this this should be prime like hey obviously championship last diamond league Mm -hmm. like where we see the fastest times of the year usually like this is it's setting up and where even a lot of people are running off events like you mentioned you know the the norman shawnee miller like running hundreds Mm -hmm. but usually those are like i'm getting ready to run something fast at two or four or, or in
0: Norman's case, I'm not running it because I haven't run it since high school. Yeah,
1: that was just like a strange you know, strange thing there. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Norman runs 986? Okay, I'd really love to see him jump in a 200 or a 400 right oh, now. yeah. You know, like that. that's like, oh, he seems like he's in good shape. Granted, he <laughs> ran pretty good in April last year. So, who, you know, who knows with Norman? But yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. And then I guess just the, hey, this is a lost year. Yeah. Might as well see what we could do
0: yeah well that's what it, yeah that's what I'm saying. It's just like you're you've already done all this preparation, but there's nowhere to use it, so it's being used in weird ways it's not It's not the typical non championship year where oh hey, Christian Taylor's running a four hundred or Ash Eaton's doing the four hundred hurdles. That's weird. They're all geared they're still focused on their their specialties or adjacent to their specialties right um, so it's either bringing out really fast times or you're just seeing, oh yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. Michael Norman's run 1970. Of course he's going to be good in the 100. Like, that's not surprising to anybody. I don't know, I don't know why it would be, right? Like, that's just, like, that's not... Yeah, a, I
1: mean, it makes sense that, you know, Fin Kirk ran a really fast 100 and Norman did. MG, uh, you know, Michael Johnson never really ran the right. 100. But, yeah. like, without question, the dude could have put up a 9.8 at his best. Like, he ran 1932.
0: Of course. Hopefully. Yeah, unless I mean, he it's... literally does not know how to start. But, I mean, yeah, you, he you, just... you, know, you know how to start a little bit if you run a 1932, right yeah. you can only be so bad of a starter and i don't think he, i don't think he was ever known as being like the worst starter so he probably could have run sub you know some sub tens if he if he really put his time and energy into it i would think uh before we move on i want to ask you have you ever seen are you familiar with the hit adam sandler film entitled click
1: uh yes i i am actually uh, I, I remember watching that. i think i saw it in the theaters <laughs> Did Flo, I was. Did Floyd one of them.
0: Mayweather ask you if you wanted? To <laughs> I
1: still need to remember which movie that was. Ah oh, man, Long-time maybe it was Click. It's it's possible.
0: <laughs> Longtime listeners of the show will get that reference. Uh, can you give us a brief synopsis for for those who are not familiar before I uh, connect it back to track and field?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Adam Sandler uh, goes to Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, with his wife i think and uh i didn't know i didn't know all this <laughs> and finds his way into the, the beyond section of bed bath and beyond uh where he meets um uh, uh christopher walken who has some sort of weird vibe about him you're like hey is this guy a ghost who knows um that's weird but then, for
0: christopher walken to play that role yeah
1: it was really outside his his comfort zone um but uh you know ends up going hey here and maybe he just needed a universal remote maybe that was it i don't know it's been a while but so he goes hey this remote will do you know what what you need it to do he gets home he starts messing around with it realizing it's controlling the world around him it's mm. you know it's changing uh it's fast forwarding things it's um he gets in a fight with his wife he like skips over it and he's very excited about that he He's trying for this promotion at work is one of the side things, and he ends up skipping like two years of his life, and uh, it basically his whole life comes cr- crashing down because he wasn't in the moment, and he was trying to skip around and do the good parts, and okay. then he finds out it's all a dream.
0: Okay, didn't want you to do all, like a spoiler there, but uh, thank you. It's okay.
1: like a 15-year-old Adam Sandler movie. <laughs>
0: Was it really all a dream? I never actually.
1: Remember. Uh, y- well, it's you kind of go like, "Hey, is Christopher Walken death or something like that?" And like, did he? Was it a dream or was it just like he oh, gave wow. him a second
0: chance? Oh, interesting. Okay. Anyway, everybody understands now. Yeah, I thought of this because I'm wondering in track and field, you, who would most want the remote right now to fast forward to the Olympics? Mm. And and I thought about brumell skipping ahead and saying let's do this right now right and even gosh take it outside of track and take it outside of sports other than the senator uh former vice president from delaware who's running for president i can't i mean who else wants to skip forward quicker right now than, <laughs> than, than trayvon Brummel? who wants to get down to it quicker than than Tr- trayvon Brummel? i mean
1: it's a fair question Mohamed, maybe
0: oh yeah that could be a two. He's just sh- like,
1: please, sh- I am running everything well right now.
0: Houlihan, maybe?
1: Hulahan would be good. But, yeah, he- Brumel, just, like, knowing he has to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. And, like, but you could even go, like, hey, man, this is Brumel, like, and I'm sure he's been working hard, and we didn't get to see all the hard work, which got him to 990 and and ten zero in the last couple weeks. But, like, yeah, presumably another year of like training and, and working well, like he could be back to like, he said like low nine eights or something like that. But I, I think, yeah, he would definitely take his chances right now.
0: Miller Weibo, fourth woman in the, another club. We got a lot of clubs. I love it. Sub 11, sub 22, sub 49. She ran 10 98, which again,
1: wait, sub 50, right? She hasn't gone. Sub- no, she went sub 49 in the final. Never mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that moved her on the. If you do the points table, Stepman John did the the points. If nice. you do the points table, she's actually ahead of. Well, obviously because Felix has never gone under forty nine. But if you do the combined points, mm. she's ahead. She's ahead of Felix, I believe, and that's on the back of that that time in Doha, because obviously Felix never never got near uh, forty eight seconds, and then Miller Weibo went way under it in her. Silver medal run, which may eventually turn into a gold medal run. Who knows? But it's yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, again, not just like Norman, not really surprising that she could translate that down to a hundred. I mean, th- if people are confused about this, think about how fast Mo Farah ran those fifteen hundreds, right? And you know, it's, it's a little, little, little different scenario. Seven or something crazy? Yeah, I mean, we're he's higher on the all-time list in the fifteen than he is in the five and the ten. Yeah, which is. Which is a wild stat, but she's not group. You brought up Mohamed. I think he's the fifth guy after he ran his three thirty-four. He's the fifth guy to go sub three thirty-five, sub twenty-seven, sub thirteen on that on that group. Whew. So
1: Yeah, I mean he he I mean he looks fantastic. He obviously is just like yeah, and he's just or sub twelve uh, sorry, sorry, su, I think it's twelve fifty.
0: Yes, sorry. That'd be a bigger group if it was sub 13 Farah Farah's not even in that group. That's it's a group that yeah. Farah is not yeah, by. I believe
1: he's surrounded by, like, Bekele and... Um,
0: Kajelka's in there, Kipchoge's in there, and... Of course, is in there. I'm missing someone. I'm missing someone obvious. Yeah. Oh, Gabry Selassie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Ahmed, it looks like he's just, like, entering his prime, and he's going to be really, really good for a while. Miller-Webo, Miller I mean, like, if, I've been saying it for a few years. Like, to me, she just... She looks like just the most like naturally great runner possible. Mm-hmm. Like the, just everything about her just goes like how does she ever lose? Like she yeah. just just looks uh, has that unbeatable style about her. It's like, you know, it's 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 boltian in, in ways, but mm-hmm. just like even more like fluid. Like where Bolt was like this kind of obviously just like like he was tearing up the track. She still has that like gazelle Type yeah. thing. She's just a taller Allison Felix, basically. Yeah. Like, she looks like, you know, like Alison Felix if, like, her legs were, like, a few inches longer. And it's just like, oh my God, this is, this looks incredible.
0: Yeah. You know, who else's form is crazy? I don't know if you saw a video of the Shakari Richardson 1079 Wind did. I have not seen the video yet. But yeah. But I saw that she did that. That's. She's really fun to watch, too. I mean, yeah. she's obviously the other end of the height spectrum from the yeah. way, but she's more the, the Fraser Price model. But she's uh, and people saw her NCAA's when she was celebrating across the line and running ten seventy five. She that didn't go away. She's a huge talent. I think if Frazier Price has even a slip up next year, I think Shakari could get in for for the gold next year. I don't, I don't think that's that's crazy to say. And then once she does depart, she's on the path to to take over and and yeah, Gra- I mean, she's twenty.
1: Yeah, I mean she's she's it's going to be her event soon. Um, it's probably gonna be after an Olympic year if Fraser Price is gonna disappear. I just feel like she's gonna show up at the Olympics. Yeah, because you know she's Shelley and Fraser Price.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what she does. Other news before we get to email: GDS joined Bowerman, Whew. Which well,
1: about time they have some decent depth on the women's side,
0: <laughs> especially in the mid distances. Jesus, that's a <laughs> ridiculous. And then yeah, I don't know what practice is gonna be like. It's gonna be tough. A uh, Managoy suspended for whereabouts what's going on with whereabouts don't know can't find it's it. just the
1: off year like, or no this was i guess it was last year so like but it's just i don't know it's it's weird how much it's become a topic how much more it's become a topic right i mean yeah. it, like we probably brought it up occasionally before but like it's it's big names consistently and just seems like yeah it's it's happening i don't know
0: yeah. too much well that's just in this year it's Coleman, Nasser, Managoy, Dacia Stevens got suspended. Yeah, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else, but that's too... And it's the big—I
1: mean, the huge names that are attached. Obviously, if it was, if the, if these were, you know, the 12th best in the world, yeah, that'd be something. But it's it's superstars.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he said it was all the tests were from 2019 that he missed. So it wasn't 2020 and you talked about being a low point in his life or depressed because, or his career because uh, de- dealing with injuries, he hasn't been, he hasn't been himself really since the, the gold medal run in London, 2017. Be interested to see what the, what the suspension is. Stevens got 18 months, so she didn't get reduced all the way down to a year, but she also didn't have the full two year suspension. I'll be interested to see how they adjudicate all these different, cases out there i the one that makes the most well coleman's i guess it's the men's hundred right so that one's going to be the the biggest deal but yeah at least with coleman it's not going to change the past because the final violation occurred in december Nasser's is the one that has a chance to that's yeah because it's this
1: yeah. And and not even just a gold medal, but, like, this l- amazingly legendary performance. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's just, yeah.
0: Anyway, let's get to email. com? where I encourage people to email in with their favorite scene from the movie, Click, starring Adam Sandler. Tell me what I got wrong. I'm sure there's some stuff. I mean, that was impressive that you could recount that much of the movie.
1: I don't think I've seen it since the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also uh, married the to Kate Beckinsale in that movie. Okay. So... Good job, movie Adam Sandler.
0: If I think about movies that have Kate Beckinsale, the only one I can really think of is Pearl Harbor. That's, and Ooh. I know I know she's been in 400 better movies than that, but I just remember her being in that because I was a junior in high school and I was super excited for that movie to come out. And then I was really depressed because <laughs> even, even 17-year-old me or 16-year-old me was like, this was kind of not good. <laughs> Wasn't uh, the song from that our graduation song? No, I thought our, I thought our graduation song was from Titanic, wasn't it? Wasn't it? No,
1: heart? no, because we were we, we that song had been played out by the time we graduated. That's like you know six years later or something like what that. What song
0: are you thinking about?
1: I think it's oh man, it was like the one that was all about that. There you'll be. Is that it? Oh. I just googled it.
0: All I remember about our graduation was I had blue moon onion before with my parents, and it Ooh. did not sit well in my stomach, and that yeah. was a bad idea. And for some reason, you and I didn't hang out on graduation night, which, huge regret. Um,
1: I don't know what I did on graduation night. I actually can't remember.
0: I do, but I'll tell you off air.
1: I know. I know, you know, I didn't, neither of us drank or did anything, so it wasn't like, oh man, I was so blacked out, I don't remember what happened. Um, I have a I feeling know. I
0: know what you were doing, but again, I don't, we'll talk about it off air. So. <laughs> we'll run this back if it's... Uh, First Kate
1: Beckinsale movie I think of is Serendipity. Big fan of that, uh what's oh, a lot of okay. people would call it a chick flick.
0: Okay. That's what we used to call it. Okay. Uh, email time. I'm going to try to find Marshall's old email because we got a bunch um, since then, and now it's dropped out of the the queue, as they call it. Hmm. And then this version of Gmail is really hard for me to navigate. I can't figure out how the words work, so I'm just going to type in Marshall's name. He wrote in about Farrah. Oh, I got it. And yeah. You got it out there? Uh, you, July 3rd. Oh, well, wow. Can you read that one for me? The Farrah one? Shh, I'll do
1: my best. <laughs> Hello, Kevin and Jason. As you right. mentioned on last week's live pod, I looked up all of Farrah's results and races. See recaps below. There's a lot here, so feel free to skip over parts. Oh, you're better at picking what to skip over. Uh, my basic conclusion is that we seem to give Legat a lot of credit for being a master tactician, rightly so. However, we, should probably, we probably need to give Sir Mo some more credit for his ability to be in the right place at the right time all the time. I really wish he would have competed at Doha. Um, and then he goes through, I mean, just basically every one of his, you know, 2011, 2012. I mean, mm-hmm. we know Farah's resume is just absolutely ridiculous. I feel like, I mean, yeah, it, it, I don't know if Farah, and maybe it's unfair to Farah, Farah was too good to just get the master tactician label. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. he was just so dominant in every aspect. It would have been like Usain Bolt's such a good closer. Like, it's like, well, <laughs> no, he, I mean, he was, he was the best closer ever. But he was also just the best at it. But I think yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah. right. Farah Farah was the, you know, the perfect combo of like I'm gonna be exactly where I need to be on the shoulder going into the final turn, and I'm gonna go around you. Yeah. In the like he was he was unbeatable at that. And then even if they wanted to throw him a curveball, he he would do it any way he wanted. Um. But absolutely, he he had, you know, Jenny Simpson like positioning, and then just the most ridiculous kick. It was just, it was inevitable Yeah, watching him.
0: Yeah. It's kind of the same way as you describe James Harden as the best shooter ever. Well, he's oh, also the God. best offensive player ever. It's so why would you argument?
1: <laughs> All
0: right, let's go to Jay Wilson, uh, not a beach boy. Now he, he sent this email to us and he CC'd earth sports, R and D at aol.com, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I don't know if we've ever been sent an email where we, Word CC'd a fake email address, oh. which is
1: great. I you know what I'm gonna say. I hope it's, it's real. real.
0: I hope it's real. Uh, three things. It's been a while since the state versus states debate has brought up. I personally was planted firmly in the state camp until I was swayed to states by an email from this very podcast. What? That's not wow. the point of this. Anyway, last part pod, I heard you guys say both USA's and USs. I'm not sure mm. the implications of this, but I thought it was noteworthy.
1: That was a mispronunciation by me. I was reading Wikipedia and it said <laughs> US champ U- u.s championships and it just threw me off so no 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 u.s's guys come on
0: yeah that's that's weird uh two in an era of garden clashes of virtual 5ks and vegan track meets i find my habit of turning random activities into races is quickly approaching prime time track and field i was wondering if this habit is common amongst runners and would love to hear some stories an example of mine that comes to mind happened when i was making popcorn a few years back i looked at the time remaining on the microwave and thought i bet i could run around the corner at least 15 times in a minute. <laughs> Socks on hardwood make it interesting, but I made the 15 laps with just one absurdly stubbed toe. All Oof. things considered, I highly rec- recommend it. There you
1: go. That's and- that's stuff I do in life all the time. Like, just any random thing, I don't... Like, definitely when I was more of an actual runner, like, I would do more... But, like, the smallest things like that, yeah, like around the counters. I remember we would... I mean, we were a nauseous uh, teenager. This was even... I might I might have lived in Las Vegas, but I was visiting uh, Northern California with some old friends, and we would ride the BART train, and then we would, on a stop, we would get run out and then get as many cars down as we could before the doors oh. closed.
0: Oh, okay. I like that. I thought you were going to yeah. leave the station and try to catch it.
1: Yes. so We would just <laughs> go from one station to the other. No, we weren't quite that good, but yeah, it was like, how many cars could you get down?
0: Oh, I like that. Three, the story above got me thinking, what if there is an alternate timeline where instead of racing to complete distances in the shortest amount of time, athletes compete to see how far they can run <clears throat> excuse me, in standard time intervals. Imagine getting to break the mile barrier for the first time in the five-minute run. Would races be less tactical or would runners in the 13th-ish minute take run take a nap, then sprint two laps? This may also lend itself to half-marathonish distance being extremely popular since it would basically translate to the one-hour race. At the elite level, ultra runners. I sincerely apologize, but you must now run for 24 hours because it's cooler. On the other end, for sprinters, timing up a finishing lean would become far more interesting. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on what this flip flop universe would look like. That is uh, Jay Wilson, not the beach boy.
1: That's good. There's a few of these races out here that we hear about from time to time, like the you know the. I
0: think someone's going. Is Is Farah going for the hour? Someone's going for the hour record earlier later on this year.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, so there's definitely a little bit of that. Yeah, it would be, man, some of the finishes would be so weird and interesting. Um, I feel like you'd need like a giant clock that people could see, like on the longer races, you know, where you just need everyone to have an idea. And yeah, I do wonder, I, I, my instincts say you would get more honest races, but there would I... still be some, someone with, you know, 10 seconds left trying to to come from behind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the end result would be similar. I'm guessing when we see, we'll get more information when we actually see people, this current iteration of athletes do this because then you're saying, oh yeah, that's classic Farah or that's just how they always run. Because if you look at one example from a long time ago, it's tough because you need to know that runner's history, right? Relative to those other athletes. In there, I think a lot of these times, the, a lot of these instances are just pure record attempts, right? Yeah. So it's just one person going after. I need the, I want the physical markation of the end. I think that is interesting. Yeah. But both in terms of these these two people, these three people, however many it is are trying to get to that thing first, but also. As the foe of someone who's racing the clock for either a course record or a world record or even maybe an area record or a soil record, and and they're just this is, this is now their opponent is that line, if their impo- if their opponent is the clock, but they're not really, they're not really opposing the clock. They're trying to get as right. far as they can before that clock turns, the number. I would need to be, I would need to be convinced. I I would need to be shown this and 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 really swayed because off the top of my head it doesn't seem as interesting as having that line there no, I like I, I like lines and pro lines jason you know me
1: yeah i i agree i mean i wouldn't want to trade given the choice but i do like the idea of like a yearly meet and the only way this would really work is if you got a bunch of money involved but like if you had a yearly meet where there were there was the whatever you know 30 second two-minute, five-minute, whatever, you know, time amounts you want to come up with, and you actually got some, like, high-level names, I think yeah. it would be fascinating to watch, and I would love to see it, like, once a year.
0: Yeah. Aaron yeah. says, after watching the replays of the 4x4s at Rio with everyone, referring to the live show, got me thinking I know the first part will come off a little arrogant. He's the coach of the year. I mean, he can come off arrogant if he wants. That's it's true, right? part of winning all the time. But I'm American, so it comes with the territory. But when the U.S. (laughs) is running their best relay teams and not driving the baton, most years they are pretty dominant. There are obviously exceptions, though. The U.S. population size and diversity play a big role in creating the depth needed for good relay teams. But there are some countries in the Caribbean that have great running talent for their populations but are smaller than most U.S. states to help with the consistent competition. Here's what I propose. The U.S. makes its normal team with its best four runners. Ignore alternates for now. Count the number of different states the runners are from. Example, 2019 Men in Doha, Curly, Texas, Cherry, New York, Will, London, Texas, Rye Benjamin, New York. So two, US, two states combined to make a relay team. Uh, wait, Texas. Oh, Texas and New York. Got it. However many – sorry. It took me a little while. However, many states it takes to make the U.S. uh, relay is how many countries can combine to make a relay team. So any two countries could pool their relay squads together. For example, that means Jamaica and Bahamas could make an all-star team. This could make things interesting developing a relay squad for the USA. If we use four runners from four different states, they can end up far from the favorites if the best runners from across the world teamed up. Or would you pick the four fastest runners from just one state to keep everyone else at a lower level? This could pair up with Lincoln's idea also to open up the door for multiple US teams if different states wanted to make their own teams to compete. Trials AA run out. PS Kevin, great call on the women's American five thousand record from last show. I guess I got something right, Jason. Nice. <sighs> oh, he's this talking about Shelby. Yeah, I mean everybody. I mean who yeah, wasn't I mean- picking a record <laughs> on Shelby? Let's <laughs> let's be honest. They're racing again this week too. I mean I don't know as of where this recording we don't know what they're running, but they're racing again on on Friday. So more yeah, records I mean, probably
1: sign me up I'm, I'm good let's get GDS on there um
0: she's still in Canada I think she's no let get fall.
1: her in there uh, you're on
0: the team you run she's never uh, 10 practices in yet she needs to yeah try.
1: this yeah this would be I mean this would be tough um man if you I mean because most of the time you know the two states is a little bit of an anomaly but you know you, things are concentrated Texas New York California sure uh, Florida, maybe, uh, but most of the time you're going to have what three states on a lot of them. Uh, so you're getting you know three countries combining together. That's going to be really, really tough to do. I say this is I say this is another thing for the world relays. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah, the U.S. gets their own Texas, Florida, California teams, and and they go out there and they just run. They're just yeah. Like, it's not fair for them to be. Well, I'm trying to think so. Coleman is from. I'm thinking the four by one. Coleman, Georgia. Mike Rogers, he lives in Texas now. Is he was he born in Texas? I'm blanking on it. And Gatlin, Florida, was where he was born. They went to Tennessee, and then, oh, Lyles, in Virginia. So that's that's four different states, right? Has you named four different states? Yeah. yeah and they sure. say
1: runners are from like i mean so is that is it born or if you go to college somewhere yeah, yeah. does that matter because yeah. then i think you would have those i mean there's already sprint powerhouses obviously but you'd have them even more concentrated i think like hey i'm gonna go to florida so i can be on the the florida 4x4 team
0: yeah agreed not brother colin writes in i'm happy to have any track at all and the big friendly two is cool but donovan brazier and nigel amos race each other you guys are the two best runners in the world in your event. You run for rival training groups. The guy who rabbits all the diamond league events is in one of your groups. You compete in an event that is well suited for mono and mono duels. You both seem to be pretty good shape. And at a time when the only way to compete head to head is to run against your neighbors, you guys are in the same area. Race head to head already. Exclamation mark.
1: I mean, yeah, preach. Can't can't add anything to that. You're absolutely right. Well it's ridiculous.
0: I just so happened last week to interview Donovan Brazier on the Flow Track podcast, oh. and I asked him. I said, "Hey, you guys think you're in a race?" And he said, "Well, people can listen to the whole interview, but he said we talked about it. But when we race, we want it to be somewhere bigger. It it doesn't need to be in the at, in front of four people in the sticks of Oregon. And I get that, especially from like a financial perspective.
1: Yeah, this would be." That's the only perspective I really get it from, but yeah.
0: These would be the. I mean, what's the equivalent? I mean, this is this is like the equivalent to Norman and Van Niekerk saying, "Yeah, let's run the 400 <laughs> against each other." Uh, uh, obviously, it's a little different because of the proximity, but it doesn't change yeah. the fact that these are probably Namos pulled out last year in Doha, but these are probably the two best 800 meter runners. In Worst the world. case,
1: yeah, two of the three or four, yeah.
0: Yeah, but can, I mean, can you imagine? In any other event, those two people just facing off in one of these like really really small meets. It's one thing if it's at Monaco, okay. There's no, the crowd isn't as big because of the restrictions of the crowd, but at least that's a diamond league meet and there's money involved. I when I asked him the question and he and he never brought up money. He never brought up money. I but I but I, the more I thought about it after, it's like well yeah, why would you do that for for free? Like his three thirty five that he ran was for free. All these Bowerman races, now they're getting, they may be getting time bonuses, right? But they're not getting appearance fees, and they're not getting prize money for winning races, right? Like yeah, Shelby, and they had- Shelby probably has something, a Ahmed probably has something in their contract for these national record bonuses, but it's it, like he ran a twelve, <laughs> he ran twelve forty, and she ran fourteen twenty in a meet that didn't have any sort of in- incentive structure in it.
1: No, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's, and it is their livelihood. So it's, I, I do get it from that aspect. I guess it's the idea, I guess that you could run against each other. Your price tag doesn't go down after that for running the real race against each other later. Uh, yeah. But, I guess but it's anytime why you're, do it. Yeah. Why do yeah, it? yeah. Anytime you're squaring off against one of your, biggest competition and, and the the biggest draws, yeah, it's, hey, why well, do it for free? I, yeah. I mean, I, I could totally respect that, but also go, hey, you're at the same meet. Come on, what are we doing?
0: Well, what I thought would have been a good compromise would be on the two by two by four, run the same leg against each other. But right, which Bra- is,
1: yeah, I'd nothing. Well, raised. Brazier
0: Brazier, like you, has very strong opinions about the male runner going last. So mm. and he won the World Rays with that strategy, so he was going with that. And then it's I'd, the right move, without question. And I don't the other two teams went went the opposite way. So that was that was the end of that. So they were on opposite legs and Brazier was flying by the the two women's teams. That was the end result. So It's just so much better to have someone to chase. It's just way better. In his words, the the woman always gets hawked down by the men in the men's relay in the mixed relays. So hawking down we used to say walk down which is weird getting walked right and then yeah they, they and the newer generation says hawked so they just changed huh. the, same, the same word i've never anyway, heard that before i'm disconnecting my mic from the stand because um this is the second hour of the comedy special so we're getting a little looser here jace so <laughs> apologize for the sound there but i'll have a little more mobility here again this is a free-flowing uh episode here anything goes paul from argyle texas yeah this is my apologies for the 2 x by 400 by 400 typo last week. I was stepping very fast trying to get my email sent in time. The typo being an awfully long, dumb race did make me remember of something I wanted emailing about. I remember loving the Flow Track Beer Mile World Championships and being obsessed with the gimmick of the race. My high school team used to run a chocolate milk mile Oof. to safely legally imitate it as well. I was so interested in the stipulation that I Googled it to learn more about it. In my research, I came across a Wikipedia page dedicated to several running, drinking races that exist. My favorite Borderline Insane variations include the 4 by 40 ounce Relay, where a team of four idiots must chug a 40-ounce before running 100. The Wild Turkey 2-mile, where competitors, alcoholics, must take a <laughs> shot of whiskey before each lap. And finally, the Kastelnoff, which translates to beer crate running in German. This race is what happens when Germany looks at America drinking races and says, hold my beer crate. (laughs) Teams of two people carry a crate of beer anywhere from 5K to 20K and must consume the entire crate by the end of the race. The real question is how fast could Elliot Kipchoge run a marathon while finishing a crate of beer on the way? Probably still sub 205 since we all know the Alpha Flies give you better alcohol tolerance. As always, thanks for the pod. That is Paul. That's a good one. I did not know about those. We've obviously talked about a lot of these, these types of races in the this past. Is, I love I've, these.
1: Would, would you rather do a beer mile or a chocolate milk mile?
0: I've said before, there's just no physical way I could do a beer mile, like yeah. from, from the drinking side. So I would do a chocolate milk mile. I would do anything. That's so rough too. That doesn't involve beer. I mean, even the yeah. wild turkey thing is ridiculous, but. That would probably hide, yeah that would that might kill me bet.
1: because that's eight shots of whiskey in I don't know let's okay. call it fi- less than fifteen minutes like like that that I literally don't think I'd survive um,
0: yeah I didn't actually look at the amount but I'm just saying the, <laughs> the physical like there's the ounces of beer would be tough
1: yeah four shots would definitely obviously be easier than chugging four beers just the amount of liquid you have in you um, man and, I really love these I. I I regret, I mean, like, I'm not a heavy drinker by any means, like, to have a few beers from time to time, Um, but I've, I've always been a fast drinker, Um, and I just, I'm, I'm bummed in my athletic, you know, like, good early 20s prime that I, I didn't get, give the beer mile a good shot, just because yeah. I, I would have been curious what I could have done. Or even the chocolate milk mile when we were in high school, like, I would have absolutely, if one person had brought that up to us, <laughs> we I would have been like, yep, this is happening.
0: Which is crazy that that sort of stupid stuff never got brought up amongst all the other it's definitely the kind of things
1: we would have done like it's just like i said i can't believe one person didn't go even like we've you know we've heard the donut ones um
0: yeah the internet was new back then that's true yeah it was
1: you know early early 2000s um you've got mail (laughs) but i would i would have loved to do any of this stuff and now you know, I'm maybe at my beer drinking prime, but uh, everything else is 10, falling apart. have got ten
0: thousand hours of AOL for free. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you should try and other people. no, no one should try this. This is a bad <laughs> idea. But, but Lincoln did this on camera. Forty on the forty, or he just chugs a forty and runs a forty. That's
1: see that. Okay, I could do that still. Yeah. What's That's- Lincoln's time? If you could send me a video, I want to try to beat Lincoln's time.
0: I'll I'll send it to you. He okay. it was it was pretty impressive. The I did not know he could drink that quickly he did it against nick simmons the second time he did it Mm. and nick simmons outkicks him in a 40 which is hilarious (laughs) like and i don't know i wasn't incredible i wasn't there when this was filmed so i don't know if uh I i don't know the behind the scenes of it at all but he finishes drinking after lincoln and then lincoln gets caught in a 40 which is,
1: I mean, the, five wow. six seconds of running. Man, in. I would have loved to see that. That's a that's an exciting finish. Like
0: that's that's good. I can say yeah. I'll send you the link to the uh, to the video. Uh here is D. Gant ready in D. Gant. Ooh, okay. Greetings from Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah, it's one of my favorite cities in the world, Jason.
1: I've heard it's great.
0: One You're, day. Yeah, you got to get there. Stanley Park, one of my favorite places. Well, it's on Kevin's. Top 10 places to run list. Each each week I'll be counting down one other. Uh, But Stanley Park in Vancouver is awesome. Long time, first time. Really enjoy the show from your interviews with such track luminaries as Malcolm Gladwell and Otto Bolden to in-depth hypothetical discussions about what America's best mixed gender DMR team would be. And don't forget click references, which I hope there was a Canadian screening of. Uh, You guys are missing out on a huge cultural moment. Anyway, I was inspired to write in after hearing chatter about Mohamed going after Kenny B's 1237. Now, I love Ahmed as much as an ex Canadian distance nerd, and 1247 is an incredible performance, but I just don't see him approaching Bakale's mark, at least not this season. Allow me to explain. Come on, Canada, get behind your guy here. I looked at the splits of the top three 5,000 times in history and compared them to Mo's splits and those of Salomon Borrega's 1243 race from 2018. I attached a word doc with a little more detail, but here are the numbers I think are most important. In Coleman's 1239, the Mercurial Kenyan split 3,000 in 737 and covered the final 2K in 502 with his final 1,000 in 231. Gebra Selassie ran 1239 as well. He hit th- uh, 3K in t- 739, ran his last 2K in 5 with the last 1,000 in 227. Say Bikele broke Geb's mark with 1237 hitting 3,000 in 737, so similar to Komen, covering his last 2,000 in 5-flat, so similar to Gebre Selassie with his last 1,000 in 229, so it's actually slower than Geb. Given the above, it seems that his sub-1240 requires a 3,000 split inside 740 and the final 2,000 at or under 5-flat. In his 1247, Ahmed split 3,000 in 746 9.3 9, 3, 9.3 seconds slower than Bekayla's 2,000 split. Closed in five flat and ran his last 1,000 in 227. So for Mo to get the world record, we're looking at him splitting 3,000 nearly 10 seconds faster than at the BTC in squad meet, and then running the final 2,000 in the same five flat. Again, and that is fantastic, and I hope he drops his 5,000 PR, PB, even further, but 1237 seems a bit out of reach at the moment, maybe in 2021 or 2022. Just for kicks, Borrego went 744 through 3,000 and ran 458 for his final 2K, <sighs> 227, final 1,000. According to Let's Run's recap, he ran his last 455 point. How do you finish in 55? in well, that race? Remember, he had that Kajelka bridge there, which yeah. a, I, I haven't seen the other races recently. I don't know if they had any help over the last couple laps. This performance better indicates the potential for a world record, but again, Borrego would need a significantly faster 3,000 split, about 7 or 8 seconds, and still have the gas to run close to under Five for the f- last two thousand, and he'd likely have to do that without the competition he had in 2018. That said, I'd love for Ahmed to prove me wrong. That is D Gant PS. I just realized that Ahmed ran his last three thousand at about seven thirty five, which is faster than the current Canadian three thousand national record of seven forty held by Mohamed. So Mo needs to run three thousand at their next intersquad meet and get that mark into seven thirty territory. Now I'm done. Yeah, I mean you could play this game, but there's not a gigantic sample size. And I get it; you you take a second here, you maybe you give it back somewhere else. But but to me, maybe he could go out a little aggressively. Maybe he could shave some time there. In you know going out half a second, second faster per lap, will he ultimately pay for it? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, the, are the, the chances of success? high no but maybe he gets to 3k at at like a 739 and he's he's in contention with five to go right i mean he's then he has a shot then he has a shot and i just think it's one of those a world record is one of the things where if you're even remotely in the ballpark or in the case of gazezibit Ababa if you find out a world record exists in that event <laughs> you go you go for it you you take a shot at it when you can, because you're never going to be guaranteed to be in similar shape.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for him going for it. I think everybody would love to see that. I don't think he could either. Just I mean, twelve thirty seven is absurd. Ten seconds is is a lot. I think he could. You know, if everything breaks right, he could get lower and, you know, maybe maybe make a run at it, and that would be fantastic to watch. But man, I just. It just seems 1237 just still seems so insane. Um, you know, it also
0: seems insane 1247, right? That seems yeah. insane too.
1: No, absolutely. And that was such a huge that that was so impressive by Ahmed. And you know, if he if he somehow had if he has five extra seconds in there, like that's that's massive, but uh, for 10 more, that just seems seems
0: crazy. He touched on the 3K record, I think I don't and I have no idea. And we're recording this Monday evening, so the announcement might have already been made by the time people listen to it. But I, I would love to see for I would love to see him take a shot at the five thousand record. I would love to see Houlihan and Schweizer either either run it back or go for the ten k. We talked about the American record is right for the picking, and yeah. I would, I would just love to see Shelby try to do that because that would expand her range even more. That said, if I had to guess right now i also like to see her at 1,500, too. I'd like to see Shelby in anything, but I think 3,000s might might be where they'll end up because Ahmed could smash his record, obviously, mm. and the outdoor record for the U.S. women is is soft. It's attainable, especially based on what they ran indoors. So I think both Houlihan and Schweizer would, would obliterate that mark. I think that might be the direction that they go. Not that I want them to do that because it's a non-championship event, I'd rather yeah. See them run something else, but that's that's what I would guess right now. Again, yeah. No, I, mean, I have sense. no inside information. So.
1: Yeah, I Matt mean, just ran a, you know, fifteen, and obviously they've both run 15s a bunch. So, yeah, that's that's that makes sense.
0: Yeah. All right. This is from Laura, not our Laura, but could stand to be Texas Laura. Let's just or Austin Laura or even SMU Laura. Anyway, long-time Ooh. listener, first-time emailer. Cut a brief part of the Shark Tank episode and then saw, saw them promote it on Facebook. She's wanting to know if it's Jared Ward. And yes, it is. Jared Ward was on Shark Tank. Oh, and It was loading Jason up. Jason is listening to it. The sharks are waiting to make a, what do they do, bid, offer, whatever. Uh, anyway, she says, thanks Kevin Jason for all the work you do on the pod. I also like the team names Jeff Merrill was touting for Pete Julian's team at the bigger friendly peach dragons is pretty good she says she's team jason for all things uk and ireland she says when you go yeah. eat yorkie chocolate bars and bring some cheese and onion crisps dang those are good and that is laura
1: yorkie chocolate bars and bring me some cheese and onion crisps i'm, yeah. I'm down that yeah. sounds That not those both sound yeah i'm in
0: well yeah well that's that should be easy that should be easy to do
1: yeah, without question. I'll have to remember this for star the email. the world happens. <laughs> yeah.
0: Star the email again. Uh, Brian, the emailer for me from Raleigh and Pennsylvania, but now from Boulder. <sighs> Drink. Uh, subject line, Garden State. Because remember, we asked last week about... This is turning into a, a movie podcast. We might need to do a, <laughs> a disclaimer about how we don't talk about movies here. If there was anything New Jersey about Garden State. Mm. Like, not just... Hey, the main characters from New Jersey, or there's parts of it in New Jersey, but did it have a New Jersey uh, feel to it, right? He says, "Hey guys, I'm actually Brian, the emailer, formerly from Raleigh in Pennsylvania and New Jersey." It's okay,
1: Brian, you need to relax. This is too much for me now. I can I can only handle so many things a, a month. You got to introduce a new place. Like you got to wait a couple months before you tell me another one.
0: Well, he's just saying that's where he initially. That's where he initially grew up. Have I the, know, but it's you just read so much. Have you read this no. email? But okay, it's th- so much. You have no idea what's coming next? No. This next sentence is gonna blow your mind. Zach Braff went to my high school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoa, okay. Never mind. Keep sending stuff, Brian. I I need more.
0: <laughs> there are several scenes in Garden State filmed in my hometown. The scene where they're screaming was filmed in a quarry around the corner from my house. The quarry has since been blown out and there are a bunch of houses in there now.
1: <laughs>
0: Jason shook.
1: So, I'm a big Zach Braff fan. Scrubs is among my favorite shows of all time, probably top two. Um, Love it so much. Still love Garden State. Really fun movie. Um,
0: I'm depressed about the quarry.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I remember in the movie they even talked about how they were fighting to put up a mall where there's this geological phenomenon or something along those lines.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I mean, were you were you around the same age as Zach Braff? I picture Brian being a little younger, maybe, but... Yeah. I need I'm, more,
0: Brian. This is one of those emails that you send, and then I need to follow-up. You can't just say, Zach Braff went to my high school and leave it there.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, we ran cross-country together junior year. Like, that's going to be the next email.
0: I'm guessing Zach Braff is 10 years older than Brian. But there still has to be some Zach Braff stories. And also, let's get to the heart of this question, though, because that still is dangling out there. Okay, it was shot in New Jersey. That's great. But is there anything New Jersey about it?
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, so Zach Braff is forty five, so you're you're pegging oh, oh, Brian okay. at thirty
0: five. Zach Braff is forty five. No, I'm Brian's gotta be younger than that. He's younger than us for sure. Um Forty five, Zach Braff's forty five. Usually people yeah. are way younger than I think. So I guess it's I mean worth it makes fr-
1: sense. Like Scrubs was on started twenty years ago.
0: Man, he had a hit show when he was. Jeez, I don't have any hit shows. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, does is is Mike? I'm not. I'm not stating my question clearly. I guess about the movie. Do you understand? I think it? you just
1: want. Yeah, I. I just think you just want any insight further. Um, on did you
0: ever watch it, Brian? And was like, oh, that's yes, that's so New Jersey.
1: Like, not, me and my friends totally did ecstasy at a party, and then <laughs> everything was in fast forward.
0: I went. To the bathroom, and a guy I went to high school with was now a police officer, and he said stuff about deer hunter. Like, did that ever happen to you? Does my happen? shirt
1: matched the wallpaper <laughs> perfectly?
0: You know what I mean? Oh, what yeah, yeah, I, mean? I do. It's it's not it's not even just like accents and stuff. It's like when um,
1: and there weren't big Jersey accents in the movie, which no, I'm, no, a, no. I'm okay with.
0: No, no, yeah, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking like, do you remember uh da, 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 on on SNL? Do they still do the inside SoCal? thing on
1: i i'm not sure i not don't the watch Cali- it. not the California. no i know what you're talking so- about but yeah, I, I don't i don't know if they if it's still a, a feature
0: and the, well even the californians right it's not just the accents of the californians It's just like oh they name the freeways like that and they yeah. constantly refer to everything like in terms of traffic like that's like oh yeah okay that makes sense but then even yep. inside socal it's not just that they're talking like that it's just the what they're what they are talking about I guess I'm really for having a podcast. I'm really terrible at explaining things, but people figure <laughs> that out. Uh, Andrew writes in, formerly yep. of Baltimore, now of Washington DC. Drink, long time, second day. He says, uh, "Here's the U.S. Sprint Phenom Pentathlon. One day, Ooh. five events: 100, 400 hurdles, 200, 110 hurdles, and 400. Each event is scored. First place, five points. Second place, three points. Third place, one point. Norman Lyles, Holloway, Benjamin Coleman, the highest score wins. Storylines." Can Christian Coleman get over a high hurdle? Will it come down to the four hundred? Yes. Don't sleep on Rye Benjamin. Who you got? And how can we make this happen? Love the pod. That is Andrew. Uh, a hurdler would win. Yes, obviously. Coleman would come in last place. E- yes, it would be.
1: Unless he's randomly really like a solid hurdler, but I just
0: seem, no. I it would be so. Holloway would win. Holloway would win.
1: That's what my first thought was as well.
0: Benjamin would be very close. Holloway and Benjamin would be very close. Third would probably be Norman, just because as a 400 guy, I think he'd be he'd get some points in the 400-meter hurdles. Then it would be Lyles, and it would be Coleman. <sighs>
1: yeah, my first thought was Holloway.
0: Benjamin um, does have a really good 200 PB, a better Holloway just never has run a serious hundred or a serious two hundred. But he's run these crazy four by four splits. But so has Benjamin. Um, but those two see, here's how I see it. Mm. They cancel each other out in the hurdle events, right? Yeah, first
1: second, first second. First second, for, a second.
0: for, a second, for a second. And then unless you think Norman could No, Norman couldn't beat him in the hurdles. I think. In the four hundred hurdles, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, outside he's, shot at it. He split under forty four, right? So it's just like, let's just let's let's be generous and say Norman is a second better over a flat four hundred. I think the hurdle technique would help Holloway make up that second, and then some. yeah, uh then you'd have the hundred, where let's just say it would be Coleman gets first, Lyles gets second, and Norman gets third. Okay, then neither of them get any points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Two hundred, Lyles gets first, Norman gets second, and then I guess then Coleman gets third, right? I mean
1: Yeah, unless you know, unless you right. think Holloway or Benjamin yeah. could could steal That's, one of those
0: spots. No, and so it actually it would actually all come down at the four hundred, which of would, course, yeah would be Norman, Lyles, and then Benjamin Oh wow, this is actually really this is closer <laughs> than I thought. This is a good this is a good exercise here, Andrew. I like this flat I'm looking,
1: he has his predictions below. You're you're basically oh. exact saying exactly what he's saying here.
0: Oh I didn't sorry. Sorry, no, sorry.
1: no, you're, it's I I like it though. Like it's you because you guys are coming to this it's pretty much the same conclusions.
0: Who does he have win in the four hundred? Or getting third in the four hundred?
1: He has Holloway as third, and y- and he has Benjamin as second in the four hundred. Oh, ahead of Lyles? Yeah, I think Lyles scores in the four he's clo- got Norman close, and though. Benjamin. It- he has Nor, so he's got Norman finishing third in the hundred. Which is possible as we saw today. Um, yes, for sure. Third in the 400 hurdles seems likely. Yeah. Second in the 200 seems likely. Yeah. He's got him third in the 110 hurdles. Now, that. Who? I don't know. He has Norman third there. That seems. I would probably pick him. I mean, I think I would pick Lyles over him in that scenario. Hmm. Um, but I mean, it hurdles is such a you know it, it's such a timing thing and yeah
0: yeah I mean that yeah it, that, that would that would be a mess I mean that that would,
1: yeah but and that he, would be a bit you know that could be be a huge one and then the four hundred he obviously has Norman first and then he's got Benjamin second Holloway third I do think Lyle scores in that um
0: oh so he's got a tie but but Benjamin's a
1: you know Benjamin second there like makes sense
0: I would say I actually I think in an open four I would probably take Benjamin now that I think about it. Like yes, Holloway has these crazy four by four splits. Benjamin has some nuts ones too, and a little yeah. more and a little more consistent. And because he's around the four hundred hurdles,
1: yeah, he's just used to the distance a little more.
0: And I, I guess it depends the order of that is this the order that they're running the event? Oh yeah, one day five events. So four hundred be at the end. I, I guess I would trust it would be a pure endurance uh, feat at that point. So which
1: four hundred hurdles is made for that? Yeah, so I think that. Gives Benjamin the the edge.
0: You have Carson Warholm winning this because you have him winning everything, though, right? I, I I might,
1: yeah. Actually, I might have Carson Warholm winning this whole thing. Makes sense. Uh, but yeah, Coleman comes in last. It's not his fault that he's just a really, really great hundred meter runner. Um, yeah. But I just, you know, unless he's just has a really natural way to pick up the the hurdles, I just don't see he doesn't compete in the four hundred at all. Um, and the two hundred, you know, he could he could score, he could finish third, but
0: yeah. All right, we got a whole bunch of emails left, but I don't have a ton of time. Brian also asks, "How do you view whereabouts failures? Not good. Obviously, they aren't the same thing as <laughs> athlete testing positive, but they still aren't great. Look for the athlete. There should have been a lot of these lately. Uh, this is outside of Bowerman and Brazier, another athlete that was crushing quarantine. Is Aussie Matt Ramsden? He's run PBs and time trials of 4:55, 12:37, and most recently 7:39 as part of the." Stegan 3000 world challenge are you familiar with that mate i'm not
1: i am not um and i don't know what to make of a 2000 meter time but 455 i'm sure it's good because you mentioned them in the email brian um <laughs> i just don't know what to make of a 2000 meter time
0: yeah i mean 1327 when Mohamed is dropping 1247s though mm-hmm. I mean, so is... i mean it
1: might be Ramsden might be you know he's he's like taking the step up you know he went from like Okay, whatever, to like oh, okay he's 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 joining the party,
0: yeah, uh Caleb formerly from of Stanford, California, currently of Palo Alto, California, okay, you've been the I know those, those places, areas. Jason's? okay, yeah, you damn right, I have <laughs> Bowerman men pronounce bower pause, man men, the bowerman men <laughs> man men, dang it, Caleb have gotten themselves. In quite the predicament, I'm guessing that Centro and Josh Thompson will try to make the 1500 squad, but they have five runners, Lopez, Woody, Grant, Sean, Ryan, all in contention for three spots in the 5K team. One of these spots probably belongs to 1257 man and professional trash talker Paul Chalemo. What should the man men do? Ask Evan Jaeger how to jump over stuff, switch to race walk. help. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. I, th- I think you got to put them where they're best, and that's where they're best, and you hope that that yields two spots. And That's just the reality of it. I, I think it's,
1: but I'm not against the teaching one of them to jump over stuff. That's, well, that's you tough know, t- like test them out, see who see who fits in that that bubble. It's 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 a brutal event, but like if one of them takes to it, it's big.
0: Well, I mean Josh Thompson. Well, that's in the 1500. but he was he did switch to the steeple and then switched back and was way better in the 1500. Yeah, I just think you know Fisher and McGordy are still young guys. They're gonna have their time. Lopez is kind of, kind of coming towards the end of his career, I would assume. Maybe not, but I think you got to put them all in there and just see, see what what shakes out. Because it's not like, oh yeah, they'd go be a lock in another event. I mean, maybe, maybe Lopez, you know, he'll run the ten and make it there, and then not even do the five. So then, then, then you're down to four. Yeah, but. It's it's a different situation. The women is where it really gets a logjam, right? Because if you have, if for some reason Houlihan decides to do it, then you have Houlihan, you have Schweizer, who, if Houlihan's not there, will be the favorite, right? Yeah. Then you have Cranny, who just ran 1448, Fraser, who ran in the 1440s, right? So that's four right there. <laughs>
1: And I'm like Molly Huddle is probably just going to jump in just to throw things off.
0: Well, in the, in the, in the, I don't know if she'll run the five. I no, mean, I may- don't think she'll run the five,
1: but I just, just because sa- she's Molly Huddle, you know,
0: it's like a possibility. Right. But I'm saying that's four women who could like legitimately get to get those spots, get those spots at the Olympics. Yes. There's other people, Eleanor Purry or Rachel Schneider. If Simpson decides to run it, you obviously would, wouldn't in- include her, but contrast that to the men's 5,000, where there's a lot of non-Bowerman people that are going to be in the mix, right? Eric Jenkins, don't forget about him. He's still around. He'll be in there. They mentioned Paul Chalimo. He will be in there. Hassan Mead will be in there, right? There's these names that are already established where on the women's side, you could like realistically see, oh, this is Bowerman 1, 2, 3. This could be Bowerman 1, 2, 3. So because it's not a lock, I I think they would all, the man-men would all just jump in there, I think.
1: Yeah, and that's I mean, honestly the more fun solution, right? It's just gonna be the the trials will be insane and awesome.
0: Yeah. Maybe one of those younger guys decides to run the ten as well too, but the chance of them making it uh in, in either is still less than fifty fifty because there's only three spots. So Yeah. All right, we're going to hold the rest of these. We got one from – I'm going to read all the names so they know we didn't forget them. And, jeez, man, we are going to carry a lot of emails in next week, Jason. This is, this, is, this makes me nervous. I don't like doing this. I like reading all of them when they happen. But Alex, the former Mediocre Spinner, we're going to get to you next week. Dan from Chicago. We got a voicemail from You Know Who. We got an email here from um, – who is this from? This is from – there's a screenshot. Will. Sorry. got one from Will. Got one from J.D., New York by way of Illinois. Hmm. We have one from Daniel, Santa Clarita. We have one from uh, Sarah. And where's Sarah from? Oh, wow. Vienna.
1: Oh, wow. Formerly
0: from Vienna, now from Oslo. So, need to get her. Uh, We have one from Rob, formerly from Boulder, currently in Manchester, Connecticut. And we got one from Chris. And we got one from – a couple from Ethan. And, of course, another one from Marshall. So we'll get to all you guys next week. Been a busy week here. Promise we will break all those down next week. In addition to whatever Bowerman Track Club does this weekend, whatever random sprint meet pops up in the running world, we'll talk about that as well too. We're about – about two weeks away from Monaco, Jason, which should be pretty good. Brazier said he's, he's running, running it. Brazier said he's running it, so we could see a fast time. Maybe he races Amos then. Obviously, Lyles is already announced for running a 200. The beginning of the Diamond Leagues coming at the midpoint of the year is an interesting touch this year, and I'm excited to see what happens with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah it's going to end. People are already – I mean, we know people are in shape and running, and so it's mm-hmm. – Monaco is always good. I mean, because it's, like, meant for fast times, and I think we could get some really fast times.
0: Yeah, starting with one of the best meets, at least on the middle distance side, is a change, a change of pace. Let's start with the Super Bowl (laughs) and then (laughs) play Week 6 and go from there. (laughs) I'm all for it. That is it. Houseofrun at gmail.com. Write us an email or leave us a voice memo. Same way, houseofrun at gmail.com. We'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Jess Ennis was, it, was this our graduation song?
0: I have no recollection of this at all.
1: I thought I, I thought I remember us having a conversation at some point like they gave us the song from Pearl Harbor, <laughs> really? Who sings this? Uh, it's Faith Hill. You'll pro- you'll know the song once it kicks, you know. When
0: yeah, this does sound familiar, because they did pick, like, the most... Didn't we vote like, for something, and we I, Yeah,
1: and they just said, screw it, and give us this anyway? Yeah. Just give me some vitamin C, friends forever, I'm this, good to go. This,
0: like, perfectly encapsulates our high school experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> like generic waiting in the dentist office. Yeah. Like, seven hours a day. Like, no attempt at, like, creativity or being different in any way shape or form just like schlocky suburbia package to us i sound like an angsty teenager right now you do it's good but don't you do you agree
1: oh it's i mean it's hilarious just like how lame this is for a graduation song oh there's ben affleck